Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Master the Mouse. Hit it, maestro. Welcome to episode 14 of Master the Mouse. I'm Aaron. With me, as always, is Griffin. Griffin, how are you? Hey, Aaron. I'm good. Glad to be back in the uh, Master of the Mouse broadcast plaza with you today. It's always good to be back in the studio. Studio? Is studio the right way to call it? We're actually never in the same room, so... <laughs> Which one's classier, Bla- plaza or studio? I'm going to go with plaza, because it's a Disney vibe, too, right? Yeah, yeah so I'm gonna roll. I'm going to roll with that. Okay, I like it. I, we have a special guest with us on this episode, which I know we're both pumped about. It's We've mentioned it a couple of times on previous podcasts, but Becca is with us. She's a cast member down at Walt Disney World, and we're thrilled to have her. So, Becca, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Definitely. I'm super excited. Griffin, we do this every week, and because just because we have a special guest with us doesn't mean we get to skip out on it, so why don't you hit us with the question of the episode, and Becca's going to answer it with us too, so you'll get a little bit different perspective maybe this week. All right, uh, question of the episode. This week, uh, we've done a lot of rides lately, but I can't help it. I'm going back to the well. Um, we're going to do another ride. Uh, this time, I want you to tell me if this is overrated, underrated, or properly rated the Soaring ride over at Epcot, one of the e-ticket attractions. Soren, what do you guys think? Becca, I'm gonna, you're the guest, so I'm going to let you rattle off your thoughts. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say it's properly rated just because I think it is one of the first go-to attractions that people will book a fast pass for or when they're visiting, they'll definitely want to hit up. It gives you that glimpse into things look like around the world and just that awesome Disney Imagineering that you see everywhere. Um, The music gets stuck in your head. And I think it's just overall a great attraction. It's personally my favorite attraction at Epcot. So I think it's right on the money with that one. What do you think, Aaron? All right. I think... Personally, it used to be one of my favorites, and then they recently, I think, just changed the the kind of the screens and, and the places that you travel, and I think it enhanced it, but for some reason, I don't know if it's because it's played out for me or because I've, I've just ridden it so many times. I'm going to say for me, personally, it's overrated. Now, the rest of my family would absolutely kill me if they heard me say that, and we we all know that they'll never listen to this podcast. So you're safe. I'm safe, (laughs) but I, they love it. And it's, it's like Becca said, it's the one that they want to go to as soon as they get into Epcot. And I like it. I enjoy it, but I don't know that it, it, it is what it once was for me personally. So I'm going to say overrated. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm with Becca. I'd say properly rated. And then I know a lot of people push back on the new screens being, you know, too much, CGI and you know it's not like the original screen so I I hear more pushback now than I used to so it may end up being underrated because it's it's still one of my favorites. Hey that's that's as good as reason as any as I'm concerned. That's right. All right great question so let's jump into the reason Becca's here is we asked her to kind of jump on and maybe share some things about being a cast member and we wanted to pick her brain about several things so again thanks for being here. And we're just going to rattle off some questions and hopefully, I think Griffin and I will probably learn stuff, but hopefully everybody that's listening is going to get some pretty cool insights as well. So I'll start off and just ask the, a very, what I think is a pretty basic question, but 
Becca, tell us what is it most about Disney that you just are drawn to or love? All right. So the company as a whole, like not just the theme parks, but you know, the movies and everything else that it entails, I think just really encompasses that, I don't know, that family aspect of things. I mean, they have stuff that they offer for people of all ages, not just with the theme parks, but with, you know, their various TV channels with ESPN and Disney Channel and like various movies that they're coming out with and whatnot. And when you step foot into the parks, no matter how old you are, is that feeling of like magic and nostalgia. And personally, I almost enjoy the theme parks more now as an adult than I did as a kid because I'm learning to appreciate a lot more. Um, However, because I was able to go as a kid, I have that feeling of nostalgia and like magic and happiness when I am there. And I think it's just at least the parks to kind of forget about reality for a while to go and dive into um, the various, you know, movies or shows or different things that all the theming that they have going on around and just kind of forget what's going around in your life and focus on having fun with family and friends and just like that classic Disney magic. I think that's spot on with some of the things that we love about Disney. But I'm also curious, at what point did you figure out that you wanted to be a cast member and how did that come about? Was it something that you've always wanted to do? Is it Has it been more recent? Um, I'd say it's definitely been more recently. Um, growing up, um, we went to Disney, gosh, like three or four times as a family. And so it was always a place that I loved going to on family vacations and I thought it would be super cool to live here or work here or do more here, but I never really, I guess, realized that it could become a reality. One of my good friends did the Disney College program, and before I didn't even know that that was a thing, that it existed, and she had the time of her life, and I loved, you know, watching her experiences through the eyes of social media, and what the heck, I'll go ahead, I'll move down and do this college program thing. I ended up getting the job of Magic Kingdom parking, which... That sounds super exciting. Like, parking I don't know, right? <laughs> right? That was, like, the one thing that I was dreading. That or custodial were, like, the two things I did not want. Um, but I moved down here. I drove down with one of my friends. She helped me move in, and then she flew back, and then I was down here and went in to it just with the best attitude I could and I ended up loving it I ended up really enjoying it to the part where I ended up extending my program and staying through July so my original program was supposed to be January through May and I extended it to July and then shortly thereafter I got offered a full-time position in parking which is pretty rare because usually college program students only get offered part-time or seasonal or sometimes they don't get offered anything Hmm. Um, and so I accepted that because I loved where I was at, um, with some really great leaders and coordinators. And, um, my home location is the Polynesian. However, I'm trained in a fair amount of things. Not only do I work the dock by helping people rent boats, but I also do fireworks cruises at night. And then I'm trained at several of the other resorts. I've actually been trained in children's activities at Fort Wilderness, and actually just found out this week that I'm going to what's called Across You, which is 
the Polynesian is still going to be my home location, but I am going to be cross-utilized over and over there, primarily doing their children's activities at their pool, their dance parties, all that stuff, and then their Chippendales sing-along and their movie nights. And so far, I'm absolutely loving that. And so overall, my Disney experience has been quite great. I think if there was a job that Disney wouldn't want me to have, it would be hosting a dance party. Like, I think that would be at the bottom <laughs> list of things that I would need to do at Disney. Hey, Becca, we have, we've heard from various different people that have gone to Disney and from cast members too, that cast members have the opportunity to, I think what they call it, and and you'll probably know the right terminology is like spreading pixie dust or making someone's vacation a little bit more magical. And like sometimes cast members have a little bit of leeway to go out of their way to do something special for guests have you ever had the opportunity to do yeah. that or have you like you have a favorite moment where you're like hey I got to do this for this family and it was awesome and that's why I love doing what I do yeah definitely in parking it was a little bit harder something small that you could do is give them preferred parking for free so basically if they came up and you're like hey would you like preferred parking and then you could send them up and then radio the Um, cast member who was up in preferred parking and be like, hey, FYI, this person in this silver Toyota, I told them they could have preferred parking. So that was something small that you could do. And I tried to do it as often as I could remember, just so I was making that magic. Another small thing in the parking lot was giving the end spot. Getting them closer to that tram lane is something small that you could do, but have more flexibility to spread magic in the recreation department, um, just because we have a lot more resources. One of the simple things we can do is, you know, if someone comes and they rent a boat, they usually don't pay until they get back. There's been quite a few times that um, if I had a really great encounter with a family, I could go up to my coordinator and be like, hey, can we um, make some magic and, you know, comp this boat rental for them or whatever? Or can we get them a Dole Whip or stuff like that? So those are small things that I've been able to, to do. That's awesome. This just goes to show that even when you're a guest that I'm assuming, Becky, you're more inclined to make those magic moments happen when when you're having great interactions with guests. And so if you're going to Disney, always, always treat the cast members well, because there's sometimes where they may uh, they may help you out in return. Yes, yes. <laughs> you you actually were our captain on our fireworks cruise that we did. And it was awesome. And I loved every minute of it. But while you were driving us around Seven Seas Lagoon, you mentioned that there are some things that cast members get to do, some like behind the scenes looks and some tours and and private interactions that they get to do that isn't available to normal park guests or isn't available to purchase. And I was fascinated by some of the things that you were saying. But of all all the kind of behind the scenes stuff that you've done, do you have something that stands out as your favorite experience that you've done that like nobody else would get to do? Yeah. um, I mean, the backstage tours are awesome. I'd say out of the few that I've done, I've done a monorail one, Tower of Terror, Dinosaur, um, Great Movie Ride. Rest in peace. I think that's it, right? Um, I loved Great Movie Ride just because um, we actually were able to do that a week before it closed. And so it was just perfect timing. It was an attraction that Honestly, at that point in time, wasn't my favorite. I could kind of take it or leave it. But once I went on that tour, I gained a whole new appreciation for that attraction and everything that it was and the history that it held with 
Hollywood Studios, previously MGM. Um, and it was, it was truly amazing. Another experience that I've gotten to have that cast members get to have is work at Magic Kingdom. You get to access what we call the Utilidors, which are those underground tunnels that basically lead to everywhere possible in Magic Kingdom. And just navigating down there and just seeing all that behind the scenes stuff is something that's really fascinating to me just because you get to see how everything all comes to be and how it all works together um, to create the show that we put on for the guests on stage. And so that's something that I currently still can't really get over. And maybe that's because I don't work at Magic Kingdom, so I don't get to experience it that much. But I just think really fascinating, first of all, that Walt even thought of that in the first place and that it's still something that's used to this day. That's cool. It's like a gift shop down there, food, restaurants, and it's, there's a lot of stuff underground, right? Yeah, there's um, a cafeteria. We have Subway down there. Um, there's a barbershop. I mean, costuming, all of the various break rooms. There's a lot down there. Aaron, how bad do you want to go down there before you die? Uh, real bad. Real <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah, bucket list. I'll let your wife know. Thanks, there is a tour it. that you can uh, buy that takes you down there. I forget which one it is, but there is a tour that part of it you get to go through the tunnels. I think that tour is called That's, Keys to the Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. There you go. Yes, that would be it. Cool. Well, uh, Becca, what when you were going through training to you know quote unquote be a cast member, you know, is there a lot of background Disney knowledge that they want you to know and teach you? And, and if so, what are the some of the things that stick out to you that they taught you that you didn't know? Yeah, so tradition. So on your very first day, you go to Disney University and you sit in this class called tradition. It's a lot about the history of Disney, um, Walt Disney, you know, kind of his life growing up, what his visions were, him creating Disneyland, and then eventually creating Walt Disney World, and just kind of some of the backbones of the company and also the resort. A lot of it was fascinating. I don't remember all of it because it was almost two years ago already, but one thing that they go over with you, not only in traditions, but several more times throughout your entire career is what we call the four keys. And that is safety, courtesy, ship, and efficiency. Um, and they really drill that into all cast members. Um, safety is number one. Our guests and our fellow cast members' safety is priority. And then comes courtesy and then show and efficiency and four keys and we focus on those a lot um, we have courses probably once to twice a year that are required for us to attend as a partner cast member that kind of goes over that and how do you demonstrate the current role um, and so that's something that they really emphasize when you are in traditions and then on top of that they kind of go over very briefly all of the lines of business that are within Walt Disney World um, just because there are various lines of businesses represented in that first traditions class and then you break off into your specific roles um, but it's just a lot of like the history of Walt Disney World and then after that we got on the buses and went to the tunnels and went to did a quick walking tour as a part of traditions and then came back and that's all on your very first day. Wow. So everybody goes through that kind of at the first, it sounds like. Yes. Yes. 
So talking about parks, do you have a favorite park if you had to say, well, I, I, let me back up. How often do you get to go to the parks? Well, I'd say I get to go once to twice a week, depending on the week. There are some weeks where I just simply don't go or can't go. Um, September and October were a little bit busier for me, just with three of my family members' birthdays in September, and people came to visit, and I was working and didn't go to the parks probably for almost a month I'd say and I was really actually kind of exploring additional parts of Walt Disney World that weren't necessarily park related. The nice thing about being local is I feel like I need to spend my entire day there. I work nine to five and I have my evening free. I can hop on over to a park for a couple hours, ride a few rides, grab a bite to eat, watch some fireworks, head home um, and not feel like I need to cram everything in. Um, so that's very nice. I'm someone where during my college program, I was very good at kind of spreading out my trips to the parks and kind of going in spurts. And so I'm not sick of the parks. I'm not sick of the shows or anything because I've done a good job of um, not going too much. I do know that I've had some friends, they did get sick of some rides or they did get sick of the parade or whatever, but I never got to that point just because I knew that I wanted, I don't want to get sick of anything. So I make sure to not go too much, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's just like anything else. Everything is good in moderation, right? Even, even Disney. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that in mind, I guess the question that Griffin was going to ask is, do you have a favorite park? Oh, most definitely. My all-time favorite park is definitely Hollywood Studios, which a lot of people give me crap for, but um, <laughs> I love what it is. I know there's only five attractions and a handful of shows, but I do like seeing the transition that that park has made. I know it's currently kind of losing sight of was. I think it has great potential. Um, I love the feel of walking, you know, right there on that main street and having that classic Hollywood music and that classic Hollywood vibe and the street performers and just, you know, seeing the Chinese theater and then taking a right and walking towards Hollywood studios. Everything is so well themed. And now during Christmas, I don't know if you have seen, but, and they did that last year too, but the Christmas stuff officially started yesterday at Hollywood Studios. And so not only that park in general, but everything that they add to it for the holidays, like it's my absolute favorite. I could go there every day and probably not get sick of it. And it's not, if I remember correctly, it's not a special ticketed event, kind of like Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party is. I think uh, you would know better than me, Becca, but you don't have to purchase an extra ticket to go see any of that stuff. That's just stuff that's there in Hollywood Studios, right? Yeah, and they also have a special fireworks show in Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam. I have to look into it. I know last year during Thanksgiving week, because my family was here, they had alternating nights where they had the Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam some nights, and then they had the Star Wars fireworks nights, or they did both. Um, tonight it was just Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam, so I'm not sure what their plan is for this season, but I know last year they did a good job of they still had both of them available in addition to Fantasmic as well. Gotcha. While we're talking about Hollywood Studios, what do you think of, of Toy Story Land so far? So I love Toy Story Land. I know when it first opened, a lot of pass holders were giving it hate because they it didn't meet their expectations. I guess they were expecting it to 
be bigger. But I was fortunate enough before it opened to go to a cast preview for it. And I, I mean, I'm, I love Disney. I'm about a lot of things with, when it comes to Disney. And so when I walked in, like the feeling I got when I walked in, I got tears in my eyes. Toy Story, the whole Toy Story franchise was something I grew up with. I was always the same age as Andy. When he went to college, I was going to college. And so um, those movies were very close to my heart and something I grew up watching all the time. And so just walking in and feeling like you were a toy and just the amount of detail, like it's truly amazing. I mean, the popsicle stick look like used popsicle sticks, like with the stains and everything, there's toys that I grew up playing with like Tinker Toys and Ants in the Pants and Cooties and all of that stuff. And I mean, the ride, Slinky Dog, is definitely up there for favorite rides overall at Walt Disney World. I don't think anything will ever top Flight of Passage for me, but Slinky Dog is up there. Um, and Alien Swirling Saucers is a blast too. The food at Woody's Lunchbox is amazing. The only downfall to Toy Story Land is that there is no indoors. So right. when it is very hot in the summer, there's no air conditioning except if you're going to go to the bathroom. So that's the only downfall I have, but I was very impressed with it. Okay. Yeah. I think you know sometimes stuff online can be overly cynical, but um, it's good to know that, that you, that you have enjoyed it. And, and it sounds like you, you may have just given this away, but is flight of passage your favorite ride or, or better yet? How about your top three rides? Um, <laughs> Flight of Passage is my favorite ride currently. It's the only ride that I've actually happy cried. So that's why it's number one. And it's amazing. Just, I mean, the technology is phenomenal. Um, number two is I love Dinosaur. I could ride it over and over and <laughs> over again. And then number three. Oh, this is so hard. Number three, yeah, it's probably Slinky Dog. I also really loved the Halloween overlay of Space Mountain. It was pitch black and it had like heavy rock music. That was really fun. I have, so I have a lot of things to say about this. First, for, I have to back up to the previous question. First is I'm totally with you on Toy Story because here, here is something that a lot of people don't know about me. And when I tell you this, you'll realize why I've kept it a secret. But I saw Toy Story 3 in the movie theater when it first came out and I cried at the end of it and I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I bawled my eyes out. But then this week I heard that Tim Allen was interviewed for Toy Story four. And he said that the ending will blow people's minds. And it's such an emotional ending to a series of movies that even, even like reading the quotes from that interview, I'm like, Oh man, I got to start bracing myself now for when that movie comes out. Cause I'm going to be a wreck. <laughs> also i hate dinosaur and also i loved the halloween overlay for space mountain i i you talk about crying a happy cry i just laughed hysterically when i was riding that ride to the point where like i couldn't breathe there was water in my eyes i had an absolute blast and um when we went in october it was hands down my favorite thing that we did for that entire trip yes the whole reason that we have this podcast and Becca, thank you for listening to previous episodes. I hope we didn't bore you too much, but really. <laughs> oh we, no, no, no. <laughs> we love helping people 
figure out the best way to do parks because the thing that Griffin and I have run into before is, is we hear people talk like at the break room at work or at church or wherever we're running into people and, and they happen to say, Oh yeah, I have to take my kids to Disney or I just got back from a Disney trip and I hated it. I'll never go back cause it was too expensive. I waited in line the whole time. It was too hot. So our whole shtick here Ugh. is to help people do a Disney vacation and, and do it in an affordable way and, and do it in an efficient way to where you're not having to wait in line and you're not having to deplete your savings account or take out a second mortgage to go and take your family mm -hmm. on a trip. And so we're all about kind of those, those tips and tricks, whether it be in the park or prepping to go and saving money. And so you've been going for a while and now you have this insider knowledge of being a cast <laughs> member. Is there anything that, that you've experienced over the course of visiting Disney World that you were like, oh yeah, if, if I had my best friend that was going and they were worried about, you know, spending too much money or waiting in lines for too long, here's what I would tell them. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have a lot of tips. Feel free to cut me off at any point in time because I probably could go on for a while. First tip would be Disney gift cards. I mean, I'm pretty sure you actually talked about this in one of the episodes I listened to. We did. Um, if you, if you have a Target red card, you can use that and get 5% off on your purchase of a Disney gift card. And so that's one thing that I strongly encourage. There's also an app called Shopkick, and I use this religiously, but anytime you walk into a store such as Target, Walmart, Walgreens, any major department store, Basically, just check when you have the app what stores are available. You get what are called kicks, and they're like points. And once you get a certain amount of points, they have Target gift cards, iTunes gift cards. So I, of course, being that I live here, redeem mine for Disney gift cards. Um, so the more ways that you can get those Disney gift cards, those are accepted everywhere on property, whether it be a restaurant, merchandise, a boat rental. They're accepted everywhere. You can even use them to buy your park tickets. Another thing is if anyone listening is like me and likes to actually purchase hard copies of Disney DVDs, every time a Disney DVD comes out and it's a movie that I love, I always buy the Target exclusive, uh, you know, Blu-ray combo pack, whatever of it. There's this thing called Disney Movie Rewards, and if you create an account, it's super easy. If you already have any sort of Disney account, it's that same username and password. And so you have your account, and you enter in the code, and you get points. I, because I live here, always redeem mine for Disney gift cards, and so then I can use those in the parks or whatever. Also, if you have a Chase credit card and you get a Disney one, every time you're using it, you can, you know, rack up that money for Disney gift cards, so... Those are all things that I do. As far as like in-park tips, obviously a lot of people know that pass holders and DVC members get discounts. Also, AAA gets some discounts on certain things. So definitely like if anyone's a member, like look into that. One huge tip that I have is if you're going to be at the parks for an extended amount of time, buy popcorn bucket because they're anywhere between 10 to if you get one of the special like holiday ones or whatever it could be more like 15 um but refills are 175 and so if you are you know maybe having breakfast in your room before you hit the parks and you have a dining reservation later on in the day or you're planning on going to a quick service restaurant but you want a snack to hold you over 
then that's a really cheap snack and it those popcorn buckets are pretty big maybe you might need to fill it twice if you have you know a family of four or six but that's a pretty cheap snack tip also kids meals quick service locations are pretty filling i personally usually buy a kids meal just because you still want and it's a lot cheaper so that can be the way to go if you're gonna eat at a quick service restaurant and you're looking to save money also the resort mugs those i mean i don't know how much they're going for right now i know they're a lot expensive than they used to be but once again if your stay is for a longer period of time you can really get your money money's worth also they do have the chip readers on the bottom that are good for the duration of your stay if you're getting soft drinks however the coffee machines and the tea machines don't have chip readers. So if you've gone on a Disney trip in the past and you're planning on coming back and you have a mug, bring it because you can get free refills on coffee and not have to pay for it because there's not a chip reader on the bottom. We're kind of talking a little bit about food and we appreciate all those tips. I'm actually just downloaded this uh, this app you're talking about as we're talking about Shopkick so I can check it out. Uh, but Awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm always up for stuff like this. All right. Uh, so do you have a favorite restaurant? I love food. This is hard. I love Trails End at Fort Wilderness. It's probably my favorite um, brunch or breakfast location um, and also very affordable. Say it's like, gosh, $21 roughly. I'd have to look into that for sure. But um, around there for an all-you-can-eat uh, buffet. So that's a pretty good deal. And also it's at Fort Wilderness, which is a beautiful um, resort. Um, and the food is phenomenal. Um, let's see what else. Geyser Pern Grill at Wilderness Lodge is amazing. It's an open air bar and grill is the best way to describe it at Wilderness Lodge. Um, they have an amazing bison burger that I love. Um, and really good like appetizers and drinks. Also, quick service um, at Porterlings French Quarter. They have gumbo and jambalaya and po'boys, and it's all reasonably priced, um, and you definitely get a lot for your money. I'm a big advocate for the resorts, in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, um, Magic Kingdom is hard. I think they're working on upping their food game. Um, I've always loved Be Our Guest. I love their lunch. I love the Polynesian. I love Ohana, all-you-can-eat steak, shrimp, and chicken, and their banana bread pudding, and just, it's really good. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Kona. We ate at uh, Ohana. We've eaten at Ohana almost every time that we've gone, but we thoroughly enjoy Kona when we're at the Polynesian. I'd say that's probably my top resort restaurant that I love. Um, we've always had great experiences there. All right, I've got one last question to kind of wrap us up here. And it's actually a two-part question. So there are, and we've talked about it throughout the course of this podcast, is there are a lot of changes that are happening at Disney and that have happened in the past and recently. And so of the changes that maybe aren't finished yet or the ones that are coming down the pike, what are the ones that you're looking forward to the most? And then of the ones that have happened already, what are the ones that maybe if you could change or maybe it's not even something that's happened recently, just something that you could change in general, what would that be? Hmm. Oh, these are great questions. Um, of course, I'm excited for Galaxy's Edge. 
Um, I'm also scared. Hollywood Studios, I mean, it's busy sometimes. Like tonight, it was actually pretty busy, but it's still not an unbearable busy. I'm kind of nervous for that. But at the same time, I'm really excited because I'm a huge Star Wars nerd and I'm just so excited to see what they're going to do with everything, especially with the types of technology they have access to and everything. So I'm definitely excited for that. And I know it's still a ways away, but I'm also really excited for Walt Disney World's 50th um, with, you know, Tron being under construction. You can already kind of tell um, one of the roads that I take to actually get to where I live goes right next to Space Mountain and where they're working on Tron. You can't really see much yet. And just I'm excited to see that they add um, for that. And I'm this is all just my own theory, but... I'm wondering if they have something kind of up their sleeve that they're going to release for the 50th as kind of like a surprise. Um, I'm also kind of wondering if they're going to bring back a nighttime parade for the 50th because I think that would be amazing and we've been without one for a while. So those are some things that I'm kind of hoping come into play, but there's confirmation. Yeah, so the other, the other question is if there's something that has changed recently or maybe something that you feel is really stale, what would be something that you would want to change that's currently, you know, in production or, or in the theme parks or at one of the resorts? If you had your Drathers, what would you change? I do miss Wishes, but I think Happily Ever After is still phenomenal. So that won't be what one of them. I can tell you mine. Mine, mine are the, is the Tomorrowland Speedway. If I could just pick that up and punt it into the ocean, I would. <laughs> I think I'm kind of one of those people that I like a lot of the things that other people hate. <laughs> so I'm the <laughs> min- minority. Yeah. Like I like yeah. the Christmas parties better than the Halloween parties. People disagree with me on that, but I have my reasons. Yeah. Griffin, do you have any other questions that you want to ask? We, we've, we've hit the end of our set question list, but we can piece together some more if you have any more questions that you want to ask Becca. No, those, those were the big ones in my mind. Um, I'm sure I'll think of more later, uh, but we'll just have to have Becca back on. Oh, definitely. I'd love that. <laughs> this should be a reoccurring thing, I feel like. I'd be so down for that. I've always I, wanted to be on a podcast. When she started rattling off about gift cards, I knew that this was <laughs> the match made in heaven. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. All right, before we get off here, let's plug some social media accounts. So Griffin, can you remind all of our listeners about our media accounts? Absolutely. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you will search Master of the Mouse, you will find us on all those um, sites. Awesome. And I want to make sure that we plug Becca's Instagram handle as well. It's Rebecca Marie 8 and Rebecca is spelled R-E-B-E-K-A-H, Marie, M-A-R-I-E, 8 the number eight. So Rebecca Marie eight at Instagram. If you want to have great pictures of Disney stuff or even get some special codes to get discounts on some Disney gear that she promotes from time to time, go out and give her a follow. I'm sure she'd be thrilled to have more Instagram followers. All right. On behalf of Master the Mouse podcast and Griffin and for this episode, Becca, I'm Aaron and we'll see you real soon. See you guys. 